Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Dan Crawford. I'm very happy. And so are my two guests. The man we can now only describe as Alan Nostradamus, Jewett Jr., because Alan predicted a 1-1 draw and a victory for Fulham on penalties. And Al, as the Everton fans said underneath that tweet, can you provide the lottery numbers, please? No, they're strictly confidential. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, want anyone sharing my winnings. Well, I mean, I always knew you were tight, but I didn't know you were selfish. <laughs> um, okay, then. And also joining us uh, because he's been on such fine form uh, of late, the tossing Adarabio of the podcast. Freddie Drew is with us. Hello, Freddie. How buzzing are you to be in the semi-finals, my friend? Buzzing. That's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The buzz hasn't died down, even for those of us who were there. And I still don't quite believe what happened. So I might need both of your help in um, going through it all, because quite a lot happened. Um, let's start back to front, shall we? We're in the semi-finals. Obviously, there's one more match to be played tonight. Um, do we think we can go further in the competition, sort of regardless of who we draw, Al? Uh, well, I fancy us against anyone, really, over two legs, if we're if we're up for it. Um, to be fair, we, we took four points off them not down the road last season, so a repeat of that puts us through to the... Uh, the final if we get them. Oh, I like the way Middlesbrough, you're thinking. Yeah. Middlesbrough's obviously the favourable draw um, and I'm sure they'll be thinking the same. Um, and then the other one is Liverpool where we always seem to give them a good game. So we have to remain positive and look forward to Wembley in February. Apologies to the West Ham <laughs> fans who we've just eliminated from the competition. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fre- Freddie, uh, we might need you to salvage this section of the podcast um which draw which team would you want to play if it was up to you do you have a would it be Middlesbrough or do you just want to play the best team left and beat them as well uh well I don't want to beat Middlesbrough because then it'll be too easy <laughs> but, <laughs> see I want a good game and it's two-legged so we'll save that for the final son <laughs> Yeah, let's not get giddy, but yeah, <laughs> no, he, he makes a good point. You want to, uh, you want to test yourself against the very best, but you know, I, I would say Fulham are putting some wretched performances against teams we were supposed to beat long before we were in the Premiership. So, yeah, um, so let's talk. Let's talk about it then, uh, Alan. You predicted a, a tight game. Uh, Freddie was saying it was very important to to try and match Everton and get in front early. I mean, both of those things did happen, but I can't have been the only one, Alan, who was worried that we'd blown it twice. Firstly, in the last 10 minutes when we let in a goal, because we seem to do that quite a bit. Um, and then in the penalty shootout itself. But it shows the resilience of this team that we overcame both of those setbacks, doesn't it? 
yeah, we're a different animal under Marco Silva. We, I th- to be honest, when we're in one nil up, I did actually feel rather comfortable throughout the, the rest of the game. I didn't actually feel that we were going to concede. Um, and then Fulham being Fulham, find a way of surprise. Well, not surprising me, um, and conceding a really scrappy goal. It's another one of those goals where we've had, we had chances to clear the ball from the box, and we sort of shot ourselves in the foot, a bit like the Man United game, really. Um, Robinson should have cleared it, uh, and then obviously their strikers got the jump on. I think it was Bassi at the back, um, and obviously it's one-one. Then you sort of go right penalties, and then I thought our penalties weren't great. To be honest, it's a good job Pickford has little arms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, we, we, this may be a completely different podcast. But some of the night, I have to say. <laughs> Overall, I think we just just about deserved it, and it's nice to see some success coming our way. And I go back to the Norwich podcast when we were talking about a cup run. Yeah, so that's why I said you sort of. Speak it into existence, and I think we've done that just just right. I think they call it manifesting now. Um, I don't know, but I, I think that's what the kids call it. Uh, Freddie, how pleased were you with the the performance? Tossing was uh, sensational last night, and they defended really well because in the second half, Everton put a lot of pressure on the boys, didn't they? Yeah, but. I have a question. Who was man of the match? Well, I mean, it's the, it's, I would go for tossing Adrobio because there was a point there where it seemed like he headed everything away. But um, Leno made some good saves. Robinson was outstanding and made the goal again. Tete put in one hell of a shift. I mean, he was limping even as he walked up to take his penalty. And Calvin Bassey was limping afterwards as well, and he was immense. Uh, and I would just say as well, well, we'll talk about the goal in a moment, but uh, the touch and control from Munez to make that goal and, and then spread the play out wide was was phenomenal. Um, Alan, I realise I've just named half the team in response to Freddie's question. Did you have a preference? or what, it, what? I think it... It's um, it has to be tossing for me. He's magic as well. Um, but no, he was he was brilliant last night, and yeah, we we needed someone to stand firm at the back, and he did that all night, and it was fitting that he did actually score the decisive penalty. Um, now we just need to get him signed up into a new long term contract because I don't like any uncertainty around a player, especially someone as important like tossing. Now, Bassi's going to be going to Afcon. Um, Ream isn't the same Ream as we've seen last season so Tossin and Diop's going to be vital for us over these next sort of six to eight weeks Well I think we'll we'll keep him until the until the summer it'd be madness to to sell him in January but you're, you're right in what you say um, he's been a revelation coming in uh, also after one of those tricky injuries you know groin surgery you're never quite sure how, whether um, the the passing is going to be on point. His reaction is going to be on point. How much you trust the injury, you know? And he's so crucial to the way that we play out from the back that I think every Fulham fan wants him to sign the contract. Um, so 
you know, hopefully you can have a few more of those discussions. And you know what? Getting to a League Cup semi-final, it, it, it's not going to hurt that that discussion. You know, we're, we're, we're certainly progressing in the in the right direction. Um, I did want to talk about the goal because um, we, we've gone for a while in the podcast without discussing uh, much of the match. It's a lovely move from from uh, right to left. Mane sort of flitted in and out of the game and he had a sort of boxing match or or a kickboxing match with Tarkovsky at the, at the end of, <laughs> uh, of normal time that, that would maybe showed he's taken some lessons from Vinny. Um, but his touch and control and then the vision to spread the play. And I have to say, William was absolutely magnificent for about 60 minutes last night. He did. He was spreading crossfield balls, uh, switching the play beautifully, taking the ball into tight areas, giving the defence a rest. But he does the simple things really well. And the simple thing there was give it to Robinson because Robinson was on the over, an overlap. Um, and then we get a bit of luck. With the with the cross going in off Michael Keane, but you you know if you don't buy a ticket, you can't win the raffle. Well, that's it. But I think that first goal, well, our goal last night, it's it's what Marco Steele was all about. Most of our goals are like that. Um, our the goal at Anfield the other week come from that. Um, obviously last night it was William with Robinson on the overlap across the face of goal. Um. And to be honest, if you watch most of our goals back, that's generally how they come. Um, but yeah, it was a good team goal. And then t- I thought Muniz was brilliant last night. He doesn't play much, but I don't think he looked out of place at all. Yes, he could have got sent off if there was VAR last night. But Tarkovsky was already on a yellow, I believe, when he, he deliberately pushed Muniz over. So we both could have been down to 10 men. But no, I, I like Muniz. Um but yeah, it's, it'd be nice to get him in his back in a few games' time. Who would have thought that? Sorry, mate. Would you start with him going forward, like in the in the next two league matches? Because uh, I, I was a little bit surprised that they went with Munez last night as a as a starter. So, look, Freddie, what do you think? Would you start Munez or Vinicius on Saturday? Um, Munez. Munez. Yeah. Why? I just feel like he's. I just feel like he's more like, more fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. And I, and I think you might need a more mobile forward to work those Burnley centre halves because the Burnley yeah. team that we're going to play, and I was straying into the Clarets preview now, will it is different from the one that Deitch had. Uh, they're a bit more physical. They like to play football. Even their centre-backs get involved in it. Um, and that was one of the points I was going to talk about. Everton were very direct last night, Al and Freddie. They were putting balls in the channels. There was a lot of crosses. It was quite physical football. And we stood up to it really well, didn't we? We we did. Uh, it was nice. As I said, it was good to see Toss in there. He was headering everything away. He was our brick wall. Um, but you, you expect that when you go go to Goodison, you're never going to get an easy game. And we were fairly fortunate that first game of the season. But last night, I thought, you know, I don't think we deserve to lose it. 
And yeah, it's it's strange. They went one 0 down in the second half. All they were doing is pumping balls into the box, which I suppose you can expect that from a Sean Dyche team. But recently, when they've had their success, they've actually been playing some decent football. Um, and I actually think that's why Silva made the change to bring on Diop to go free at the back, uh, just to sort of deal with those long balls and deal with the crosses because you know they're a big unit of a team. But I thought we handled it pretty well. It's just a shame we conceded when we did because it would have been nice for the fans that did go to to get them a little bit earlier. But the outcome pleased everyone. In yeah, the end. Fred, Freddie, I was just going to. We touched on tossing already, but Calvin Bussey's been really good of late, hasn't he? Since he's come in and 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 settled into playing in the Premier League, and that was a really good performance last night. I don't know about you, I was worried about Dominic Calvert Lewin, but he barely got a kick. Ready? Uh, he might have lost me. Calvin, uh, he, he's all right. He's kind of like the fourth English striker in like the list of English strikers that we have um, now. Mm-hmm. So he's not that great, but he can he can get him get in his uh, position to score goals. I just. I just don't think he was on properly today. Oh, tomorrow. No, yesterday. yesterday, even. <laughs> I thought... Uh, but I was, he's Everton's best striker, and he's quite a big unit, and I was expecting him to pour, cause more problems for our cent- centre-back. So, Bassey and Tossim really handled him, and the other Everton centre-forwards, really well, didn't they? Did, did you feel worried that... For much of the game, I felt like we had it under control, Freddie. Um, well, most of the game, I think the first half and the second half a bit, we we were dominating the game, and then maybe a bit more later, they just got a bit of luck and they um got more better as the match went on. Yeah, we no, did sit back too early though. Yeah, didn't we? you think so? Yeah, me and Freddie were watching it last night, and it got to about the sixtieth minute, sixty fifth minute. And we're a bit too deep for my, for my liking anyway, and I'm sure for Silver's liking. Um, but as Freddie said, like, Calvert-Lewin, he's, he's okay, but he is Everton's best striker by a mile. And I, I feel sorry for him, really, because he's not had much luck with injuries recently. And there was one start of the season that he had, I think it was two, two or three seasons ago, where he scored quite a few goals in the first few games. And you thought, right, this is the season he actually kicked oh, on. Ancelotti, yeah. Yeah, and he... He does have the well. I don't know how old he is now because he seems to be around forever. But he does seem to have the potential to be up there for a top six top six team with an injury free season. Um, but yeah, I thought Bassi was our centre backs last night were brilliant, but they needed to be. Yeah, I mean that that was the other. I, I I see what you're saying. I felt people like Garner came more into the game and and Harrison in the second half. Um, but we, we we stood up to what what you both identified bit bit of an aerial bombardment um, really well, and then we conceded the goal. We've we've talked about how scrappy it was. What interested me though, Alan, was what you mentioned was that uh, Silver brought on Diop, and then seemed to push Bobby Decodova Reed further forward, and actually in the stoppage time after Dan Tuma had that volley that I thought had gone in. Um, we then created some really good chances. 
And I wonder if the back three, we're, you know, with we're, we're two wing backs and three in the in the centre of midfield, could be a way to go in in future. Maybe not as a starting formation, but as something to vary it up. If you're yeah, chasing that, again, potentially, yeah. or even trying to hold on to a to a result. Yeah, it's it's a different way of playing under Silva. You know, I, I suppose one, if you want to be slightly critical of Silva, is we only really have a plan A. Um, but especially this season, I think he's starting to be a bit more creative with with his formations and the way we're playing. As I think we pinpointed a few weeks ago, Pereira's not sort of sticking in that number 10 role. He's sort of drifting out to the wing and becoming more involved, which is one of the reasons why we've scored as many goals as we have recently. Um, but no, it was nice to see um, Diop, Tossin and Bassi on the pitch together. And depending who we're coming up against, it, it may actually suit us, that formation. But whilst we're doing all right with the usual 4-2-3-1, uh, let's, let's stick to it. But it was nice to see a cha- different change of approach in those last 20 minutes last night. Now, I'm still of the generation that gets incredibly nervous when Fulham have a penalty shootout, um, particularly in the League Cup, because you think you know what's going to happen. Um, and it did look like it was going to happen when Bobby Deckard over Reed's penalty was saved. Um, we then got a bit of an early Christmas present from Andre Anana uh, with possibly Freddie. Is that the worst penalty you've ever seen from Anana, where he, he literally just passed it back to Leno, didn't he? <laughs> that was to win it. I was astonished. I mean, he did that little leap. It, well, it wasn't even a little leap, like a hop, skip and a jump into the air. I mean, what, have you seen a penalty like that? I'm sure you take better penalties like that in the playground, don't you? Um, I've seen worse. Have you? Okay, yeah. then. In the All World right. Cup, remember when Kane stepped up against uh, oh France? Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, that's, that <laughs> that's is, a good shout. <laughs> that's a very good shout. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose it's better to be on target than off target. But you know, I think Leno could have gone for a cup of tea and still saved that one. I don't know. Um, he just didn't. He just didn't put enough power onto it. I don't think he was confident taking it. Because, like, when when you're confident, you normally, like, have power into it. But when yeah. you when you don't really have that much power into it, you don't get that, like, confidence. But even if it had power, Freddie, like, it was right down the middle and it was at a very low height, i.e., like, Leno would have had a chance of saving it even with his feet. Um, and then what was going to save Al was... Some of the people who you don't expect to take penalties, there were some very cool penalties from our boys. Anthony Robinson, with what I think what he said was his first ever penalty as a professional, and then after um, after Adrisagana Gay hit the post, we've talked about it already. But talk me through how Tosin stroked that ball into the far corner. Beautiful, wasn't it? It was, but. It was easily read. I'm surprised Pickford doesn't save it, to be honest. Um, but just touching on the penalties, mm. our penalties weren't great. But the the one that Onana actually missed, uh, not Onana, uh, Bobby Reed, uh, Pickford's about three yards off his line. 
it doesn't get pulled back, which annoyed me. And I thought, well, hold a minute, why hasn't that been retaken? And then before long, the very next penalty, Leno's a couple of inches off his line and, and manages to make the save from probably one of the worst penalties I've ever seen, along with Kane. But even the pen, the other penalty they missed, that it's just a gay one. It's, it was awful. Absolutely awful. But some of the penalties are brilliant. But most of them were just terrible. I'm sure Freddie and his school friends have scored better penalties. Well, it's what I was trying to get to. I mean, it does depend on who's in goal. If it was someone like me, it wouldn't be hard to uh, to get it past me, would it? So, you know, there <laughs> we are. But uh, I did just want to say, for those who might not have seen it, because I understand that Sky cut away from the from the penalties for an advert break, someone told me, an inspired bit of directing. Um, but when uh, Gay Gay hit the post, Pickford gave up on some of his antics because he was normally getting the ball and walking out. You know, that was I was surprised he, he wasn't cautioned because Leno got a yellow card. Uh, but anyway, when uh, Gay hit the post, the ball rebounded all the way over to the other side of the pitch. And so Tosin had to go and get the ball and then walk up to the penalty spot and then wait. And yeah, it was easily red, but it was hard and low into the corner. And, you know, a fairly iconic celebration from Tosin as well. Um, but I still like to celebrate the fact that we even won a penalty shootout at all, lads. Incredible stuff, no? We've done a right recently with penalties. Yeah. I remember being at Filbert Street when I must have been oh, about Freddie Road. And then we don't. missed all three penalties. Two of them, I think, went over. And the last one was, yeah, I've never seen a worse set of penalties. Um, but no, it's nice to actually win a penalty shootout. And being, being English as well, um, penalties aren't our friend. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think they're still looking for Chris Coleman's penalty that <laughs> night. Somewhere next to uh, Jupiter, I think it might have landed. I don't know. It a, went a long way. And Paul Trollope described one as well. Uh, and that what was worse about that was we were 2-0 up in that game. Um, and then he took off Pesca Toledo and Jeff Horsfield, didn't he? Well, he took, Horsfield took the third one. So he definitely took oh, no, off... Oh, no, I was Pesky. He yeah. definitely took off Pesh, yeah. And you don't want to mention that to him because he's still, you know... Pesh likes to remind people that he scored cracking goals in the League Cup, as I know you've talked about uh, on the show with him, Alan. You know, so you top bloke. Love Pesk. Great guy, and, and really the start of that uh, wonderful uh, period for Fulham. Um, right, I think we've um, rattled through the uh, whistle-stop tour of Every, everything that's uh, Goodison. Just some final reflections. Freddie, can that victory on penalties last night give us some confidence going into the Christmas period? We've got Burnley at home, Bournemouth away, then Arsenal at home. You must be feeling... Do you feel confident about taking some more points over Christmas and improving our league position, starting with Burnley on Saturday? Um, Burnley, they're not that great. We should win. But you never know. Maybe, like, near the Carabao Cup, like, time, we have a game before. We might need to drop some players, like Paulinia, maybe Tossin, just to get that 
like energy to get them going again. Yeah, we've got to have a word with Freddie about dropping Jao Palinho. I don't, Freddie, I don't. No, he's doing it for a reason, Dan. There is a reason behind it. Yeah. So the reason is, if no one sees him play, it means he'll stay. Oh, so see. he's just he's just trying to encourage Silver to look, give him a rest, take him out of the limelight for a little while, and um, he'll still be a Fulham player next season. <laughs> but I'm 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 not sure if he's a mind reader because I was going to end the podcast with the fantastic news that, uh, according to the reports in Germany, uh, Bayern Munich aren't going to pursue Polinia in January because he's too expensive and they really need a centre back. Um, Liverpool consider him too expensive and too old, according to what's been in the tabloid press. And Arsenal aren't going to splash the cash uh, to that level after buying Declan Rice. And, of course, Zhao on his Instagram posted something along the lines of looking forward to the semi-finals which in January, which means he isn't going anywhere. So the panic is... Uh, Considerably less when it when it comes to Zhao. I didn't realise that there was some uh, some sophistry going on. He's obviously been brought up in the Druid household. He's to, very intelligent, uh, Dan. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, at least there's one intelligent person on this podcast, isn't there? He doesn't get uh, his intelligence from me. He gets that from his mum. I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, <laughs> Mel's passed on something to uh, to, uh, to our credit there. Um, Right, so Freddie's feeling rather confident about Burnley, but we have to be careful. What about yourself, Al? Those th- we should be going into that game on Saturday in a good frame of mind now. Yeah, I think realistically, you look at those next three games, and I think if you're offered four points, you take it. Uh, maybe not, it's a win against Burnley, a point away to Bournemouth, who uh, who've hit form recently. Don't expect much at home to Arsenal. Would never really turn up for that game at home. Although saying that, they are playing. I think they've got a game three nights before uh, on the on the Thursday night. Is it Friday night? Um, so they are covering a lot of miles. And I just don't like us playing Arsenal at all, to be honest, at home. But yeah, I take four points out of the next three. Uh, anything more is a bonus, in my opinion. Anything less, then it's a slight disappointment. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think if we finish the podcast where we started it tonight, I don't think we can, uh, we need to fear anybody. The way we're playing and the the nature of some of these results. We've both played really good football to blow teams away. And then uh, against Wolves at the start of this run and then last night, you've had to show the other side of uh, Fulham and that's grinding things out. Just to finish then, um, how much of a genius is Marco Silva? Uh, he's still performing miracles, uh, given that what given the hand he's been dealt to get Fulham into the semi-finals for the first time. Alan, there was an article in the Daily Telegraph this morning talking about how Marco Silva could be an outsider for Manager of the Year. Uh, he's fast getting up there on the list of all-time top full of managers, isn't he? He is. And I just want to say two things about Silva. Saturday is going to be his 117th game, I think, in charge, which is the longest he's, he's been at any club. Um, and secondly, considering the upheaval in the summer, 
um, the uncertainty surrounding Mitro around Paulinia, probably not getting as many signings in as he would have liked. He's he's definitely surpassed all expectations that we we probably had at the start of the season. We're currently sitting eleventh. I know it's a long way to go. He's broke a record. We're in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. Um, we have a nice home draw in the third round of the FA Cup, so there's potential there for another cup run. Not that being greedy, but I reckon by the time he leaves Fulham, he'll go down as probably one of the greatest Fulham managers in all our lifetime. Well, don't be giving him away just yet. I mean, he's only just signed a new contract. Let's enjoy let's enjoy the journey uh, for as long as we can. And speaking of enjoying things, that's probably enough enjoyment for this evening. Let me say thank you to Alan Druitt Jr. Uh, thanks, Thank Al. you, Dan. Thank uh, you, thanks. Dan, as always. Oh, I got it twice. Incredible stuff. Um, thank you, Freddie, for uh, putting us, keeping us all on the straight and narrow, mate. Well done. Thank you. And we will be back with you to preview that game against Burnley uh, later this week. Until then, uh, keep smiling, everybody, and come on, you white.